Welcome to the Digital Marketing Podcast, brought to you by TargetInternet.com. Hello and welcome back to the Digital Marketing Podcast. My name is Kieran Rogers and today, listeners, we've got something a little bit different for you. Um, basically, we're going to be talking about creating engaging marketing campaigns in 2018. And we're joined on the line with Richard. And Richard, introduce yourself. Tell us a little bit about who you are and where you're from, what you do. Thank you. Yeah, so good to be uh, with you today. My name is Richard Jones and I'm the uh, CEO of Wayne, which is uh, a company chaired by Scott McNeely, who uh, is the founder of Sun Microsystems and We've got a, a veritable who's who's list of, of Silicon Valley alumni being the uh, investors and board directors. So, so no pressure. <laughs> oh, well, we, we hope they'll all be avidly listening in. So hi, hi, guys, if you are, welcome. Welcome to the podcast. So just tell us, what is Wayne? So Wayne is a, a software as a service platform for marketers to be able to easily configure uh, engaging digital experiences, uh, quite often that collect uh, data that can be published to owned, earned, and paid channels. Hmm. Okay. And why did you create Wayan? Yeah, it's a good it's a good question. So uh, my history was uh, working at uh, a company called, well, I actually started off at a marketing agency, and then I ended up in tech working for a company called uh, Vignette, which was uh, a very, very famous web content management platform at the turn of the millennium. You know, it was part of the dot-com boom, had a $2 billion valuation and uh, ended up being acquired by OpenText back in, in sort of 2009. And, you know, if you if you go back to the turn of the, the century, you know, back then, the only real place that consumers could connect uh, digitally with a brand was on a brand's website and you know the web content management platforms were built to, to create websites for brands to to connect with consumers but if you fast forward to today we live in a very very fragmented digital landscape and you know you can connect with the consumer on a whole variety of different uh, digital uh, channels so you know everything from social media and the growth of things like Facebook and Instagram and instant messaging platforms like WhatsApp, you know, through to digital experiences that could be on touch screens, you know, in store or in venue, you know, branded mobile apps, you know, there really is a plethora of different ways that now you can have a digital connection with the consumer. And so ultimately we saw a gap in the market and thought, well, web content management platforms are great for managing your website, but actually shouldn't, you know, marketing destinations, digital destinations now uh, live in all of these different fragmented landscapes? And mm. Shouldn't they be more interactive uh, and actually allow uh, brands to collect data around consumers to feed into CRM systems and marketing automation platforms? And so, you know, we, we thought, well, let's let's go and solve that problem uh, for, for marketers. And so that's what we did. Fantastic. And I, I mean, I'm I've, I've been very impressed with what I've looked at with, with Wayne. You, it really is sort of a Swiss Army knife set of tools for creating all sorts of different angles and, and campaigns. And as you say, it's about reaching the consumer where they are online, not just kind of you know dumping it all on your website and, and hoping that they'll come. This is about reaching out and, and grabbing people people's interest in a variety of clever and funky ways, I might add. Yes, indeed. And, and you know, there's I think there's a, there's a couple of different sort of angles to this. One... 
is if you if you think about it, if you think about the old model, which is I build my website uh, and then I actually go and pay for paid media to actually drive people to my website and then I and I try and convert them there. You know that has real problems in today's you know, digital landscape. You know, I, I'll give you a practical example. So, if you're on Instagram Stories, something which is ta- you know something which has taken off and is doing phenomenally well, mm. and you're a brand and you put out an Instagram story, whether that's paid or, or, or organic, when you you know you'll have some call to action, which is you know learn more or whatever. That call to action goes to the website. And actually, you, you you know, all the listeners will have experienced this themselves. If you swipe up on a call to action on something like a you know, Instagram stories post, what it actually does is it brings in the whole website through Instagram's in-app browser and the similar experience on Twitter and Facebook and every other platform when you when you click on an app. And actually, it takes three to five seconds for this website to load through the in-app browser. <laughs> and immediately, you know, the, the digital native the, the, the person that's looking at stories, oh, I can't be bothered. I'm being redirected to the website. I'm clicking onto the next story. Yeah. And, you know, that, that's, just a, that's just a user experience, which is just not good. What you really want to do is when you swipe up is you want to have an instantly loading experience that's contextually relevant to the advert, doesn't have all of the website navigation around it, all the things that are not necessary, and actually just takes the consumer into more of a, a brand experience and hopefully converts them in some way, such as collecting marketing opt-ins and data, there while they actually uh, feel like they're natively inside the Instagram uh, platform. Then you can get much higher rates of, uh, of engagement. So that's just one practical example how, uh, how the world is changing. And the second is, is actually ads themselves are turning people off. You know, there's way too much reliance by brands to try and reach people with with adverts, you know, let's shove video and images in people's faces in an interruptive format without any kind of value exchange and hope it works. Well, you know, today things are changing. I think we see that with people turning off ads and installing ad blockers and what have you. And people like the CMO of P&G, Mark Pritchard, uh, at uh, ANA Media just, you know, finished his keynote speech with a, a rallying call to action, which is how can we make advertising, in digital advertising, a useful consumer experience. My goodness, ads that are useful. There's a there's a concept. <laughs> yes, and and and, and, why, and, it, and and our view on this is is why shouldn't they be yeah. uh, useful? Absolutely. So if you think about it, a, a digital ad is literally just a bit of real estate that someone is connecting with, you know, on a digital channel. It doesn't have to be just here's a video, <laughs> you know, watch yeah. my video. It can do anything that you want. And so, you know, I, I, give, a, I give an example uh, to, uh, to, to folks when I talk about it. Think, think about this, right? I don't know. Say you're a, a fashion brand uh, and, uh, you know, it's, it's now March and you're, you're, you're thinking about trying to get people to buy summer clothes. So rather than just have an ad, which is an image or a video of, you know, your clothes and a buy now button, which links you off to the website, what about this kind of experience? The call to action is find your perfect summer style or something like that. And actually, the advert is an interactive experience. So it'll show you the latest summer styles, which are being shown up on the you know, catwalks of Milan and Paris and, and London and, and New York. And you can respond to that and say, oh, do you like that style or not for you know, different uh, things, dresses, shoes, whatever it may be. And as you're interacting with that content and showing which you like and which you don't like, it then at the end of the advert experience serves you up 
what would be your perfect summer style based on the very latest uh, styles and fashions that are going on on the catwalk and says that you have a chance to win that whole outfit uh, by in return for your data so an instant win so you put your data in you know marketing opt-ins etc perhaps it asks you some further questions you know so it can understand what kind of buyer you are and further profile your your interests uh, and collect your marketing opt-ins and then boom you see if you won or not now for everyone that doesn't win they can automatically get sent an email saying right well we now know what your perfect style is Here's a you know, coupon for 10% off or whatever for that perfect stuff. That, as an advertising experience, delivers value to the consumer. Very mm. different from just shutting a video in someone's face. Yeah, definitely. I mean, one of the questions I wanted to ask you is, do you think 2018 it's business as usual for marketers? Or do you think there's some real shocks in store for them? And I think, I think from what you've said, there are definitely some, some shocks in store for people. They just carry on doing things the same way they've done season after season do you just elaborate a little bit on that yeah no that's a, that's a really good question actually and actually i you know i think i think you know, someone actually once said that um digital advertising is a strategy for digital marketers that don't have a strategy right? <laughs> let's do some ads with, let's sell with, some stuff yeah 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 which is which is actually i think quite apt in today's world because if you really look at it you know the current forms of advertising which are literally just pushing video and an image of people uh have horrendous rates of click-through um mm. you know we're precipitously low now um it's it's very hard to kpi and justify uh pushing content in an interrupted manner without some sort of value exchange or trying to rethink the engagement and uh, that you're you're having with with people and it's very interesting because the the, the the agencies will all spin you the line of, oh, well, you know, it's all about, you know, branding. It's not about the interaction with the ad. You know, obviously on display, traditionally it's very low click-through rates. And that's kind of what we expect. It's branding, branding, branding. You, you don't subscribe to that view, I can see. Well, uh, you know, not just me. I don't think anyone that actually knows what they're talking about subscribes to that view anymore. <laughs> uh, you know, uh, Forrester uh, just came out with a report a few months ago called the end of advertising as we know it uh and you know they're not saying advertising dollars are going to disappear they're just saying that the ad interactive format that we have at the moment which is just shove loads of video and image of people and mm -hmm. hope they buy um needs to be rethought and already billions of dollars are starting to get re uh, uh portioned to more interactive brand experiences and that was the the whole tenant of their report now when you actually go and look at what what are brands wanting to do? Well, brands are wanting to redefine the experience that they have with consumers. I mean, the average amount of time that you interact in an ad in the newsfeed is 1.7 seconds on Facebook. You know, 1.7 seconds. That's not a lot of time to get anything useful done. Uh, and, and that's because people are just flicking through and they're not really interested in the advertising. There's, there's way too much out there. Another thing, interesting stat is that the, uh, the ANA was saying that it, an advert, the, the optimum time for the amount of, uh, amount of times that an advert is served to someone is about three to four in a particular campaign. If they see an advert three to four times, that's great. But actually, most brands were doing it 10 to 12 times. Yeah. Right. So they were actually just annoying people with the frequency of the interruption of shoving the advert at, at people. The other side of it is, you know, for those that say it's all about branding, branding, we just need to have mass reach, it's all about branding. They're ignoring some very fundamental shifts in what's actually happening in the industry at large. Amazon is taking over the world. And Amazon is an extremely data-rich business. It is taking over the world because it understands 
in detail about its consumers, their behaviors, their habits, what they're buying, what they're not. Amazon's fastest growing uh, product segment is their private uh, uh, label brands, which is ba basically them going off and saying, ah, forget the brands. We're going to go and build anything in China. They're just doing it with sportswear. They basically decimated the battery market. They're doing it a bunch of across a whole series of different uh, uh, brand categories. They just bought Whole Foods in the US, which had loads and loads of their own uh, brands. So, you know, Amazon is a giant threat to brands, directly to brands, uh, and they're data-rich business. So if you're a brand saying, I don't need to know who my consumers are, all I care about is putting TV out there or treating digital like TV with better advertising and, and hoping that people walk along the aisle of Walmart and buy my products, you're living in a different world. You know, you, the only way you're gonna protect yourself against the likes of Amazon or other very data-rich subscription businesses, and you know, people like Harry's, uh, and Dollar Shave Club, you know, uh, have really put pressure on established players like Gillette because they're sending the products to you. And there's subscription businesses in pretty much everything these days. There's been a huge amount of money from the venture capital community going into the subscription economy businesses. They create stuff for you. They send it to you because they send it to you. They know who you are. They know what products you're using, what you're buying. They know your birthday. They know where you live. They know whether they've upselled you. They're starting to build out more information about your motivations, your likes, you're interested. They, they're the ones that are taking down a brand. So I, I think one thing you could categorically say is the winners in the future are going to be those companies that have more data around consumers and can personalize their experiences, their marketing, and their products to that individual. They're the ones that are going to win. So brands now need to think very differently. The world isn't all about branding. It's all about profiling, collecting data around your consumers and personalizing your marketing, your experience to them. Okay. Now, you as a, as a business, you're very good at, at creating interactive experiences. Um, and you do that, as you say, on a variety of different, different platforms where the consumers actually, actually are. I really wanted to just focus our talk now on to various different technologies that, that you guys use because I think it'd be really good to just delve into sort of some specific areas and just explore those a little bit so the first one I'd like to chat to you about is is chatbots and chatbot campaigns so what, what are chatbots and, and what are they really good at just just for those who who aren't up to speed on them right so ultimately at the end of the day what you're trying to do with the chatbot is have an automated conversation with somebody Right now, the majority of money that is being spent around chatbots is automating customer service, and mm -hmm. there is a very natural, you know, uh, business use case for automating, you know, that whole uh, area with, with with chatbots and artificial intelligence. Marketing have started to experiment with chatbots, but they're way behind the sort of customer support uh, <laughs> industry. And, and it's, you know, it's, it's a very interesting subject because you, you could say, well, the, you know, surely there's lots and lots of opportunity to leverage chatbots successfully for, for marketing. But you've got, to, you've got to keep sight of what you're actually trying to do. And if your goal is to actually build a better relationship with the consumer, you have to be very, very careful with your use of chatbots. And the reason why is because uh, there's been a lot of data in, uh, about actually the experience that people have when interacting with a chatbot. And unfortunately, the technology is just not there yet for you to have a completely free-form, AI-powered conversation which leaves the majority of people walking away with a better impression of that brand than they had before. Unfortunately, all of the data says they walk away 
actually more you know dispirited or annoyed with the brand because the technology isn't quite there yet. Now, now the interesting thing is you can you can actually um, have a less free fall chatbot experience where you're not relying completely on AI and machine learning to interpret that individual what they're trying to do and have a conversation. You can still have a chatbot experience which isn't so freeform. And the way you do that is more in like question and answer. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to ask you a question and give you perhaps, you know, three options. And you're going to tell me which one of those three. But out of what, which of those three options you've selected, I'm now going to ask you another question which is relevant to, to your answer. So these are more structured conversations that can be delivered uh, through instant messaging uh, platforms, social channels, etc. And they do have a much higher rate of performance in terms of, uh, you know, how satisfied somebody is with that that engagement. But you still, as a marketer, need to think about well, what is your end goal. And there's a very good example. I was talking to the chief digital officer uh, a, a, a little while ago, it was last, last summer, who had uh, one of their agencies had pitched this great campaign for one of their brands, which was a condom brand. And essentially what they uh, wanted to do was to create this chatbot experience that basically allowed people on various uh, instant messaging and social channels to ask questions before they went on uh, a holiday in the summer about, you know, uh, uh, sexual health related things. You know, if I do this, am I at risk of this, et cetera, et cetera, mm -hmm. and to get answers. Now, you know, good, good idea, good campaign for, for, for a condom brand. So, you know, it was all nicely executed in terms of what they were trying to do and how it supported the brand goals. But at the end of it, you also still want to sell, in this instance, condoms or other sexual health or sexual uh, products, sexual aid products. Now, the, the, the chief digital officer was sort of throwing his toys out of the pram and quite upset because he was like, nobody's thought through the user journey. <laughs> We're just going in. People are having the conversation and finding out that, you know, well, well, if they got to stick to certain behavior to, you know, not get uh, STDs, whatever, great. And then they leave. And he said, well, I want is based on the conversation in that chatbot, I then want to have a, a number of endpoints that I drive people to, which sit on my own platforms, which can give someone a more of an interactive experience to take that conversation on and then capture data from them, marketing opt-ins, etc., and personalized product offerings to them based on that interaction that I'm having with them on my own platform. Sure. I don't just want to end it as a conversation in social. So that's where we get involved. We don't have a platform that automatically configures uh, chatbots. Our services team have built out chatbot style experiences for, for people, but ultimately what we're really interested in is then driving them from that chatbot into an interactive destination, which actually captures data and can deliver a personalized experience and you know hopefully shift some product or drive some sort of conversion for the brand. Really interesting and an interesting example. And it does sound from what you've said that they they literally, in more ways than one, killed the moment with their questions and their chatbot. Right. Yeah, yeah. So let's talk about interactive ads. And I can I can see you're a you're a big fan of interactive ads, and and they definitely look like a, a good way way forward. Are there some sort of examples and and sort of some benchmark results that you could share with the audience to to get people a, a bit more engaged with these? Yeah, absolutely. So I'll talk about two styles of interactive ads because advertising networks or destinations that sell advertising have different levels of functionality in terms of whether you can actually deliver an interactive experience 
through their, their ads or not. So if you look at Facebook and Instagram, they're very closed environments. So they don't allow third-party technology that might be owned by the brand to create and configure an experience that actually lives natively through their ad unit. So you have to use their standard ad units and then it really is what happens when you, you click on the call to action as to how you can make that advertising experience uh, interactive. The example I was talking about Instagram stories is, is pretty, a pretty good one. So the standard ad unit is the basic story. And then when you slip, swipe up to learn more uh, or whatever the call to action is, that's when you get that three to five second wait and actually, you know, 99.9% .9 of your audience have just clicked onto the next story. Mm. With weighing, we can turn that into a fractional millisecond loading of an experience as you swipe up with all the gesture controls that mimic Instagram stories as an environment. And the consumer doesn't really know that they're not in Instagram stories. That it, For them, the experience is that I'm just natively interacting with this brand in Instagram stories uh, because it's native, it's completely fast, doesn't have website navigation, it mimics the, the gesture controls, etc. Mm -hmm. it, it, for all intents and purposes, it is an interactive advertising experience. But it's one that it actually, when you swipe up, from that moment on, it's completely controlled by the brand. And because it's completely controlled, you can start to do things like, well, tell your story with not just brand content, but also perhaps user-generated content, you know, other content you've used our system to find from Instagram to make it native. You could uh, make it uh, incentivized to engage by you know, perhaps doing an instant win or a competition or something. You can capture data in that experience. And for the consumer, they just think they're delivering, you know, interacting with this great native experience with the brand inside Instagram stories and you can do that with snapchat you can do that with twitter facebook all of these different uh, um, uh, advertising destinations mm -hmm. however some of those platforms actually allow you to embed your experience directly with their ad units so google double click is an example of that you can take away an experience you can completely configure all of the interactive mechanics the behavior that you want the data you're catching etc and have it actually live inside the google double click adverts they don't even you know, don't click out anywhere, you're not having to mimic something. It is literally native into that ad unit. You can do the same thing with Twitter video cards ad units. So, you know, we do some interesting stuff with Twitter uh, around that. Um, so, it, you know, it depends on the platform. I mean, there's other more experimental platforms. We do stuff with Shazam, you know, and they're an ad funded business. And you can create way in experiences, embed them directly inside the Shazam uh, uh, at real estate, advertising real estate. So, you know, there's, there's different, different option, options for different networks. Okay. And what, what are the sort of benchmark responses when, when you go interactive? And I know that's a really broad question, but obviously, you know, we, we've, we've spoken about how, you know, just throwing stuff up there and, and putting adverts out there doesn't work very well. What, what sort of results have some of your advertisers seen in terms of response rates? Yeah, so... If you think about kind of the, the, the sort of three main areas where you're getting measurable value, one is because you're delivering more of an interactive native experience inside uh, the, uh, the network, you're actually engaging more people uh, than you would through a standard ad format. You know, you're offering something different. And that actually does have a direct correlation through to the amount of people that then click through from that ad to your website on average about 18% higher click-throughs to uh, to the to the website the other the other uh, second piece is there is a massive increase in terms of the time on media 
spent through interactive ads because it is sure. an interactive experience. Yeah. You're actually getting far higher rates. I mean, anywhere from five to 36 times the amount of uh, time on media you'd get with a standard ad. And then the third piece is, is the actual brand recall. When you have an interactive experience over a standard image or video ad, and from the studies that we've seen, it's about a 10x increase in terms of brand recall. Because people are doing, you know, you're doing something different. That's the whole point of advertising, is to, is to not be the same as everybody else. So I, I want to move on to some of the changes that are happening of, of, of late in social media. In particular, it would seem that sort of organic reach is just not, what it used to be is certainly organic reach and, and, and sharing um, isn't what it used to be. Is that assessment right? Oh, no question about it. I mean, uh, Facebook have been on a, a mission to reduce, restrict and ultimately kill pretty much as much as they can all type of organic reach for brands and, and now publishers. Uh, and they've been doing that quite clearly to drive paid media advertising revenue on their platform and their quarterly results have, have shown that they've been very successful uh, in actually doing that. I think what's interesting with publishers and the, the latest stuff they've done to restrict the organic reach of publisher content is actually how that's going to change behavior on the platform uh, as a whole. They're, they're saying that it, it's in order to ensure that there's a higher quality of engagement between people uh, so within your friend network on the platform, by reducing the amount of news content that's getting created and shared, we'll have to see whether that actually happens or, or not. And then, you know, where is that content that currently has been disseminated or previously has been disseminated on Facebook going to be disseminated? Is it going to move off to other platforms? And is user growth also going to, 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 to move to those platforms that are uh, supporting the publisher community uh, more? I you know, I don't know. We'll have to see how it, how it plays out. And one area that they don't seem to have throttled back is in sort of live streaming and live video. Is that has that been your experience? Well, you know, they 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 pushed very very hard Facebook Live, and for a period of time, you were getting such massive organic uh, reach from Facebook Live just because you were doing it, and they wanted to really push the use of Facebook Live. Uh, as a medium across their platform, you know, it was great. I mean, you could literally, as a brand, you could create a Facebook Live experience. And we do have the ability to sort of roll over kind of interactive experiences on top of Facebook Live. So, you know, getting people to, you know, vote, for example, by the use of emojis and laying that on in a uh, visualization over the live video. So, we, you know, we do a bunch of stuff for people. And, you know, brands were getting fantastic organic reach because Facebook, oh, Facebook Live, let's promote it. You know, the algorithms were there pushing it to, to, to lots of different people. Yeah. But like anything, I told brands, I said, well, you know, make hay while the sun shines because they're going to <laughs> cut down pretty soon. As soon as it's an established medium, they're going to cut down the organic uh, reach. And I, I believe we've seen that uh, so far uh, that they have. Um, but, you know, live video is, is a a big way with which they want to monetize consumers. And so I think what we'll see this year is we'll see Facebook and uh, others actually coming out and putting really big uh, bids on the table for things like, you know, premiership soccer and, you know, cricket and whatever else, because they want to, they want those audiences watching, you know, those, those, uh, those live sports on their platform so that they can monetize advertising. And do you think there's still room for, for niche live streaming? Oh, yes. Yeah, I mean, no, no question. I think the, the, the only thing the internet has really shown us is that fragmentation is, is extreme. And, uh, you know, Facebook has is, is, is fantastic results, but 
you know, it, it's, it knows the writing's on the wall for its main property, Facebook. That's why it's buying up WhatsApp. That's why it's buying up Instagram. That's why I tried to buy up Snapchat. That's why it's like innovating all the time. You know, you look at the, the, the kids. If you want to reach kids, they're not on Facebook anymore. Yeah. <laughs> they've, moved, they've moved off. You know, yeah. your grand's on Facebook now, but your kids are. <laughs> we did some interesting research recently where we just compared the sort of published regular users for the different social media platforms. And we just compared um, January 2017 with what was published in January 2018. And it is really telling, you know, what, what's going on. There does seem, particularly within the youth audience, to be a big shift away from, you know, very, very public um, systems where you share everything with everybody into, you know, much more niche, closed, personal networks. Uh, and in particular, one of the big successes in growth areas w was in the, you know, the live chat, and the, the instant chat notification uh, kind of area. No, without without a doubt, it's it's been really interesting seeing those those demographic shifts. And for a long time, Facebook was trying to pretend that it wasn't happening, and then <laughs> had to fess up that actually, yes, it was happening. And they pretty much lost the the team market. Now, of course, because they quite wisely bought Instagram, and I think that's one of go down in one of history's best best buys. <laughs> They're actually get you know the audience, the teen audience is is on Instagram as well as Snapchat. So they you know they just moved off Facebook. So you know they they as an advertiser they still gives you give you the way to reach those audiences, but it's just not on the main platform that you might have used you know six or seven years ago to reach a teen audience. Yeah. What well, what do you think is going to happen in the whole augmented reality, virtual reality space? Do you think that's an area we could see it explode into into the mainstream this year, next year? So I'm, I'm, I'm more bullish about augmented reality than virtual reality uh -huh. um, for a number of, of reasons. So whilst I um, absolutely love virtual reality, I think, it, you know, it's a really interesting, uh, you know, set of experiences. The software is really good now. There's some fantastic experiences out there. You know, you've, you've still got at the high end to put out, you know, four or five grand to get uh, uh, the, the hardware able to support really good VR experiences. You know, you're going to have to get a, an Oculus uh, Rift or an HTC Vive. They're, you know, $800 uh, dollars or whatever. So there's a, big, there's a big capital outlay. And that's at the one end. And then on the other end, you've got, you know, Google Cardboard uh, and other <laughs> cheaper uh, devices. Now, I, I actually bought a Google uh, Pixel um, uh, uh, phone just for... Uh, the VR and yeah. got the eighty-pound headset. And it, you know, it's 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 a reasonably good experience. Just you know, absolutely hammers your battery. Yeah. Um, but so that, that's just the, think about it. That's the Google. Probably, that's the Google Dreamtime platform. Is that right? Exactly. Yeah. Yes. Exactly. Exactly. You know, and it's it's pretty good. It's a, it's a quality it's a quality experience for, for what you're paying. But the reality is, you're not going to be wandering around the street with uh, you know a headset on. Otherwise, you're going to get knocked over by a bus. <laughs> Augmented reality is a different kettle of fish. You know, everyone's got a mobile phone. Everyone can get into AR experiences. There are millions of use cases where AR can add value to people's everyday lives. And I actually think for marketers, there's a real opportunity to leverage AR in some, some great ways. And we've done, we've done some tests and some campaigns with various different AR um, apps. Uh, take uh, Blipper as, a, as an example, as a UK-funded uh, startup that's done very, very well in augmented reality. And you can deliver away an experience through a Blipper uh, AR um, experience. And that's actually quite valuable. So I'll give you an example. Say that you are, I don't know, 
Rice Krispies, right? You're running the Rice Krispies brand. And, you you know, you know, they, Rice Krispies are always doing sort of competitions and stuff like that. Sometimes, you know, you have to cut out the, 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 the competition entry on the, the Rice Krispies box and send it off, you know, because they do want to know who consumers are. They are trying to build out data. Well, how about you have an offering whereby, you know, either someone's, you know, walking down Walmart and you've got a, an AR code there or they're sitting at their breakfast table and there's an AR code on the big box and they actually just look at that AR code and it turns the three characters in Rice Krispies, you know, into a fun interactive experience. They're dancing around and you're looking at this AR through your phone and then it's like, hey, would you like a chance to win you know, a trip for the family to Disneyland, you know, whatever, give us your, your, your details. That all can be delivered through an AR experience when you combine weighing with uh, with Blipper. Uh, so you can start to capture data around your consumers in a really kind of cool, fun way. And, you know, for me, that's that's kind of advertising, right? You're delivering this great AR experience. It's a, it's a new form of advertising. I think, to Forrester's point, you can have more money being spent on stuff like that than just shoving a video at someone, you know, on Facebook or, you know, on a TV. Fantastic. Well, Richard, it's been fascinating chatting to you. I've really enjoyed our, our, our discussion. If we want to find out more about Way In and what you guys do and how you help, where do we go? Who do we speak to? Yeah, so go on to uh, our website, www.wayin.com, uh, and there's uh, contact us forms, there's more information, there's, what, there's lots of white papers for how to actually be more interactive, how do you capture more data through marketing experiences to start to profile your audience and all the benefits of what we call declared data when you get information from people about their motivations and their interests and behavior and how that can perform, you know, you know, uh, increase your marketing uh, results. Lots and lots of data, lots of examples, lots of lookbooks of different campaigns for everything from travel through to CPG. So go onto our resources page. Good stuff there. Whether you do anything with Wayon or not, it's a great library of great uh, ex examples of interactive campaigns. And if you do want to, 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 to have us come and chat to you one-to-one, -one, just click on the Contact Us button. We'd love, to, we'd love to speak to you. Fantastic. Well, thank you so much for your time, and we wish you the best of luck in 2018. Thanks for listening to the Digital Marketing Podcast, brought to you by Target Internet. If you're investing in your digital marketing skills, take a look at our free benchmark skills test and look at the wealth of online learning we provide to help marketers get up to speed and stay up to date. Just visit targetinternet.com forward slash benchmark.